Yo, welcome to the My City Podcast. Yeah, you were you went in New York though. I was in Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. So this like, guy thought I could reach you. You haven't been in America before. They bought, yeah. Uh, I I've been once. You should come. Have you been in America before? Yeah, um, Maryland. Uh, oh, sorry, that's a nice You got family thought. out there? Yeah. Maryland is where the rich Nigerians live. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What about Houston though? Houston is like little Nigeria, as I've heard. I like, like a lot of them before you know. Oh, really? Yeah. How was it? Your trip? So I went to, um, I had Atlanta for work. Mm-hmm. Then I went to Nigeria. And then I went to Ghana. Ghana's sick. Mm-hmm. Um, peaceful. A lot more quiet um, than Nigeria. You know, Nigeria is all about fighting. Yeah. Uh, Ghana's like different. Um, obviously, good scene family. Uh, you know, my parents lived there, right? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My parents lived there. And uh, my twin siblings live there as well. You're a twin? No, a sibling, so... Oh, your like siblings 14. are twins. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we go every year. Oh, okay, my, nice. Uh, just to visit them. Um, it was good to see family. Family time family was always very important. Uh, of course, I saw some friends out there as well. Um, experienced the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I had a great time in Lagos and Accra. I'd definitely go again. What's what's the what's the tea? What happened? Any juicy bits? Um, no, like the the the, the the beach. The beach is very nice and soft. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, you know, in England, the beaches are more rocky, right? Yes. Yeah, proper sand beach. Mm. Yeah, is it all recording? Yeah, looks like it. Yeah. Uh, Charity, could you say something, please? Hi. Yeah, it looks good. And uh, the thing is that the numbers are moving now. Remember before it stopped, didn't it? Oh, okay, what well, you clocked it then, yeah? You didn't say nothing. I, I suspected. It's fine, that would be better this time. Uh, have you done a run for you? What to do? You sound, <laughs> you sound weird, man. No, nah, I'm good, man. What is a slurred, man? No, nah, I'm good, man. What, was the what were you doing this weekend? Uh, I went to, sorry, imagine I landed on Thursday. Mm. No, I landed on Friday. I slept all Friday because I was tired because wow. I've been traveling non stop. How did you fly back? So I went from Ghana back to Lagos. Yeah. Two more days in Lagos, and then I went from Lagos to London. Did you fly direct? Uh, no, uh, KLM. So oh, I stopped okay. off in Amsterdam this time. On the way, I stopped off in Paris. Oh, okay. Good service. Uh, At least you were on a uh, real uh, airline. You know, it's just, uh, two years ago, I took Air Morocco, mm. and then I took Egypt Air. They mm-hmm. were fine. I thought they were fine. I like... Is that the one where everyone's luggage? Yeah, <laughs> Egypt has been losing everyone's That's luggage. That's a mad yeah. 
I've been just praying until you know me. I'm in London, so I was just praying <laughs> everything on Twitter. It was mad. You know, you know, you know. What's jokes? The what's jokes is um, last year I flew with Emma Rock, and I thought my luggage got taken. But what happened was someone took my luggage, thinking it was stairs. So in like, in Lagos, when all the luggage just stopped coming, everyone panicked, mm. right? I'm like, oh, I'm like, this and this is gonna ruin my holiday. Yeah, and luckily yeah. some people came back to me, said my surname, and I was like, yeah. So their luggage went missing and they took my bags. That's why in Nigeria, when you leave, um, you know on the boarding pass, you've got like, your, your some numbers, they always check it first just to make sure no one's taking your luggage. Because that's quite common practice, people take people's luggage. Is it? So a lot of the time, the airline hasn't necessarily taken your luggage, someone else has taken it. Uh-uh. Yeah, back to it. <laughs> I think about it, what would you do, yeah? That, yeah? Your luggage is gone, you're taking someone else's luggage, are you going to give it back? A lot, of, a lot of people don't. They don't give it back. So you got to lock that shit, B. It's a, it's a lottery for them, isn't it? It's a lottery. You know, who knows what they're going to see in the luggage? Maybe five thousand pounds. You know. Well, what what was right. very clear from this whole thing is like people need to. If you go to one of these places, or if you don't, if you don't fly direct, you should pack real things in your hand luggage. Oh, I put. Oh yeah, I put all my jeans there. And my trainers, yeah. so certain crepes, I, I, I don't put them in my luggage. No, but don't they measure your hand luggage? They ain't do. It gotta be a certain width, like ain't it got? A yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, box, like, like you can be smart though, you know, because you technically you didn't mean you're not checking your luggage. So technically, when I check in my luggages, I don't have to go there in my hand luggage. I could just put tell my mum hold my hand luggage quickly, <laughs> yeah, and then just Which go on the plane. Who's gonna say no to me? And well, once you're put in a hold, six bags, fam. They'll you be know, like, oh, what's going on here? You but could, but some of them are more diligent. It depends on the country it's going to. Yeah. In America, you can't. And the that. airline. Yeah, and the airline. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Egypt airline, boy. Egypt airline, I, I won't lie to you. I thought it was alright. Like, and um, when well, we stopped over, and we had to stop over for like 11 hours, and after certain hours, they put me in a hotel for free. Oh, nice. So the pyramids and everything. Fine. Oh, so, yeah, my friend did that last year. So obviously, I spoke to you about Afrinace in Portugal. He said, superb. Like top notch. Wait, you didn't go? No, I didn't go. Oh, I, I think you told well. me about this. Imagine any pain. It's fine. I got everything patterned. You bought everything. I patterned everything. I'm the, I listen. Anyway, um, yeah. What was Ghana said? Better. Um, to be honest, um, I didn't really go out for that much in Ghana, um, because I want because there's a lot more going on. You know, the whole year of return stuff, right? Do you go to Afrochella? Um, I didn't go one day because that Saturday I had a wedding to go to. But Afrochella was on the Sunday. No, it was on a Saturday. On Saturday? It was on Saturday as well. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I think anyway, or or I didn't go after a church because on a Sunday, Whiskey and Naira Mali on, and you know, oh, uh, that's I, I ain't even in for nothing, right? <laughs> so it was even one of the two reasons. Yeah. Um, Naira is king there, like. He's king in Nigeria. Like, they play more than they play Burnaboy there. <sighs> I rate him, man. Yeah. I, remember, I remember him from day, bro. The Peckham boy, innit? Um... <laughs> That like, no, surprised no. me. I was just like, Oh, you didn't know he's from London? No, no my friend told me. Remember the Mary Joanna days? Yeah, bro. Yeah. <gasps> Do you remember that's the song? Oh, yeah, is the clock in now? <laughs> That's I just want to marry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just oh want to marry Joanna. What? Yeah. Chalk and cheese from now. Man, he's yeah. a proper Niger boy now. What a wow. Yeah, so everyone, people said that UK failed him. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's literally there in Mali. Yo, I yeah. am shocked. We learned something new in it. We said, Man City done for this today. Yeah? Well, <laughs> I was going to say as well, um, hey, Cherry, what, you going Afro Nation for you? No. Why? My brother said to me, um, he's going to go for his 18th birthday. I was like, okay, I can never be there again. See, Ghana priced out a lot of the kids, so it weren't a lot of younger than Ghana. Yeah. And, and because Ghana gets a bit dark very quickly compared to Portugal, um, the dress clothes, a lot of people weren't as relaxed and um, uh, liberal with their 
dress code. I thought that's just because Ghana, like they might see their mum or something, bro. No, nah, because remember, you still had a lot of expats coming, like a lot of Americans were there. That's it. Yeah, they're a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> but can Ghana work like Portugal? Can you like be wild in Ghana? Uh, like, uh, can in I, saw, I don't, I don't know what wild means particularly. I saw people beating in toilets in Portugal. In Portugal, but to be fair, people do that everywhere. You think wildest people ain't doing that? Naughty. Or park life. That's what you was for. That's what you think. That's People do that everywhere. Um, you're not gonna do it in Ghana because you know. Yeah, they that in Ghana. Like, well, you be surprised. They you, might shoot you or something. You, nah, you know what? The military <laughs> were quite good, you know. Oh uh, yeah. The military were good, yeah. Well, like, they, was there a presence? You could see them. Like. Oh yeah, everywhere, everywhere. It was like it was like it was like Portugal. Military is everywhere. You can't play around. No, nothing. Um, but yeah, we were thinking about doing a live show there. But then that obviously. Would be cool. But obviously, you you know how like the days are set up because from what I saw, it was like you wake up, get breakfast, and you at beach parties. <laughs> so where's even this face to the live show? Like, well, there's different events there. Like you know, I think Eddie Caddy even did a pop up show even today, yesterday. So, so there's different events. People come to that. Like, there's so many different things to do over there. Um, some people are doing. Not, not everyone's going there to party. Okay. Me particularly, I didn't go to the party. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I went to see. I went, How much did you blow this time, boy? Bro, I had a very good. I had a very good um, Christmas. I didn't blow that much, you know. Yeah, or yeah. just just free bags. No. <laughs> also, next time um, when you, not even next time, invest in getting a curve card. I've got curve already. Oh, okay. Come on, so man. you were fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I lost my Monza out of there, funny enough. That's what I'm saying. You could have just frozen your Monza and started using... Hello, uh, hi. What's your curve card? <laughs> okay, so curve... No, Charlie. Go on. Show them my god. Is... Right, this is recording, by the way. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. Yeah, so curve is... Jesus. I've got so many things in How many there. cards you've got there? Curve is one card that has all your different cards. Ah, uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, but you choose, but what you, you on, tap on the app, it. on the app, you choose which um, card you want it to. Yeah, to, if that gets sucked, you're pissed. No, but on, no, the no, app, no. So on the app, on the app, yeah, you can choose which card you want to, to activate. Active. Yeah. The only reason why I have this is because on, while I've been here, <laughs> while I've been here, oh, this is like working ID, but while I've been here, some of my stuff hasn't been working, so I've just like bought like other things, but usually it's just like my curve, my so ID. So what cards have you got on that? I have my credit cards, I have my Monzo, my Revolut, my Santander bank card, like all, all my cards apart from my business bank. So how come you've got like six cards there? Oh, so you said. still keep the legit ones, but you put it all on that? Yeah, like usually I like these cards aren't here. Okay. Usually okay. these are in my purse. I might invest But still, I think that's a bit risky though. If you get sucked, you're pissed. It's your not. Piss. Like it, because you can freeze it. As soon as, it, as you lose it, like God forbid, yeah, yeah. but you can just freeze it on your phone and just go back to using the actual bank card. What are you saying? What area you got that? Yeah, what's that? You got the the curve. I can send you. Yeah, yeah, I got, I got, um, I, I got it two years ago. Yeah. Um, because oh, when I went to Nigeria, I was like, listen, I didn't take my loads with me. <laughs> uh, funny enough, I you know, funny, I lost, I lost my Monzo card out there. You know, I remember I lost the email. Well, the whole world knows you lost your Monzo <laughs> card. <laughs> you know, okay, I, 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 know, I lost. The, the night I was supposed to go to Ghana. <laughs> I imagine that heartburn, that heart pain. I remember I was going to buy a bottle, um, VSOP, uh, at a, an event called All Black Everything, right? Yeah. And, and normally in Nigeria, um, you, you get all the bottles and then you pay at the end. This time I had to pay first, right? So I'm like, you know what? Let me, I'm, I'm on the table, got the sheesh. I'm like, you know what? This I'm guy didn't know his mother was lost. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I pick up my wallet. I'm like, yo, I can only see my license. I'm oh, a Nando's my card. Goodness. I can't see my Monzo. Monzo's gone. <laughs> I said Nando's card. <laughs> So I ended up paying him. I was like, listen, I won't lie to you, bro. I got dollars, bro. <laughs> I took the dollars in it. I, get, I paid a premium. 
game 100 dollars in it which is yeah a bit that's there. mad fam I don't know I had my bottle nothing was going to stop me that day so how do you find it you I didn't find it behind oh. throws it I leave my loads around innit goodness me bro. I leave my loads in the end yeah. but luckily I you just, don't have Revolut nah I always, I always chose Monzo Revolut Revolut similar but are they an actual bank or what's Revolut so Revolut is like a challenger bank like Monzo um, but the Revolut like value proposition is like it's for people who like travel a lot so you can have like different wallets in the same account so i have a us dollar account a, a pound account which is the main one and the uh, like a euro account so rather than going to somewhere and like spending your pounds and getting them converted like you can just use euros i was like i thought i thought the top-up card it is a top-up card as well. Like, but part, part of the reason why I don't use Monzo anymore is because I liked the top-up card feature. So, and it removed it, innit? Yeah. And I have to actually do a transfer, which was the Exactly. Yeah. So I still, like, all of my stuff still speaks because I use Revolut, and, like, I just top up using Apple Pay on my phone, and it's really quick. You know, spe- speaking of travelling, uh, obviously, you used to live in the UK mm-hmm. uh, when, when I met you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you moved to the States, the land of freedom and opportunity, as they call it. Right? <laughs> land um, of I, milk I, and honey. <laughs> I'm bombing Iran. <laughs> you're a bad guy, fam. Uh, you're, you see that me? You're, you're a bad guy. Black people, man. We're You know what I said about um, VAR, trying to see who's going to get it. So, I'm going to say, so, uh, so in terms of the topic of the podcast, um, we done the intro, bro. Yeah, yeah, welcome to my city podcast. Happy New Year to all our listeners. Much appreciated for tuning in in 2019. Bigger and better than 2020. You got your boy Big Sam, your boy Ire. How's it going, people? You got the beautiful charity. Hi, guys. And we will be discussing um, a bit of a recap of the last decade and just sort of touching on some of our goals for the upcoming year and next 10 years, really. Uh, touching upon how we can work smarter and harder to you know better our community and better ourselves and just touching a bit on charities um business seasoned as well as um, looking at um uh, some of the pros of traveling such as you know charities worked in the states and worked in the uk uh i've traveled time has traveled also to different places and we're looking at how we can maybe take different cultures and apply them in our everyday lives uh of course we're not we're not meant to be one-dimensional people just because you're born in the uk doesn't mean you need to just live by uk principles all the time Mm -hmm. uh you could take some japanese principles some nigerian principles some Nigerian principles, some right, Jamaican, some, yeah, yeah. <laughs> some um, Iraqi principles, and you know, oh, and laugh, then just stick into your dimension. Uh, in terms of what we spoke about last time, what did we speak about last time? Bro, it was like a month ago, blood. Oh, law. Oh uh, yeah, we were last on uh, last episode. Shout out Warren, shout out Warren Wellington. Um, we spoke about uh, everything to do with law in terms of uh, how to get a lawyer, um, what a lawyer can or can't do for you, some of the privileges. Um, you know, we spoke about some different interesting con- concepts such as maybe your lawyer knows you're guilty. What you know, what are the options left after that? Uh, and the reason why we did that topic is because everyone knows how to be a lawyer, or a lot of people know about you know getting a vacation, getting a training contract, mm. uh, which is still covered in that podcast. Um, but a lot of people don't actually know how to get an actual lawyer, um, and why it's needed. So, mm. yeah, Fuck uh, so. Fuck cool. So, uh, so you, you know, you, you're gonna have to, you're gonna cut this part, yeah, and put it in the front. Okay, yeah, yeah. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um or well, we could just like let it flow in. Let it flow. Alright, cool. Um uh, so speaking of travelling, charity, um what would you say the differences are between working in the States and working in the UK? From um, what you see. Do you know the funny thing, I was having this conversation earlier today and I, I think that 
the mentality of Americans of just being like really like go 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 like hustle 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 like no bullshit basically is one of the main like differentiators like part of the reason why I wanted to go is you know I just felt like it will help me level up a little bit more and like have more of like a hustle mentality in my work and it's not to say people don't hustle here it's just like gotta, the next level us, yeah? <laughs> no, no 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 it's just like next Grass level is <laughs> you know what um, you see that right you're in New York yeah mm -hmm. do you think that's country specific or state specific and the reason why I ask is um, I went to Atlanta mm. for work three mm -hmm. weeks ago yeah mm -hmm. and I felt like we worked hard in the London office in the, in the Atlanta office I think it's both so like American mentality because it's like patchwork of lots of different people coming from somewhere trying to chase that American dream, right? Like yeah. naturally it's like, you know, I have to give it my all and like, you know, see what works, like see where the spaghetti lands if I throw it on the wall. Spaghetti lands, yes. oh, what does that mean? Have you never heard <laughs> one of those? That's a superb term, fam. Yeah, like whenever you're having like an idea session or whatever, like you can like, Call it like I just wanted to throw spaghetti on the wall and see what stays. You see the spaghetti, yeah, 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 yeah it's uh, like what draws me into New York because New York is yeah, like such so, yeah. a yeah Cause, cause, uh, we were because there was some new legislation coming on so we got shipped so some of us in our um, uh, <coughs> office got um, sent flown over to America to help with the workload mm -hmm. and uh, we were working like 8 to 8 so we would get in before most of the Americans and leave it after most of the Americans and I asked them my boss this is just like a normal day to me mm. but to the Americans they seemed to be so um, overhyped because they, they couldn't do the workload Well, so I thought it was supposed to be the reverse. They work harder than us, but maybe... You were also in Atlanta. So, like, that yeah. that's, that's, that's a big differentiator, yeah. Because I think yeah. some of my friends who work in, in financial services, in law, in New York, pretty much do the same things that you guys do. And I think also what's paramount is the fact that, especially if you're in New York and working internationally, like people here, like, being in London is, like such a good thing because you're already ahead in terms of like time zones and stuff. Yeah. I remember last year, pardon? Don't know. <laughs> um, should we turn that for you? No, 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 I got it, I got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I, I went to a conference in Vegas. I was like organizing some stuff in Vegas. And Jeez, my, <laughs> my, my role is focused on communications, PR, marketing, etc. And one of our portfolio companies was doing an announcement about their fundraise and I was in Vegas. Vegas is on like, that whole West Coast I feel like is the end of the world because it's so far away time wise. Oh, wow. So I would be up at like 4, 5 a.m. to make sure like I was on calls and stuff with the media and like trying to set stuff up because it was already midday, yeah. one o'clock in London. Yeah. And like personally, sorry, yeah, in London. Yeah. And personally, that's part of the reason why I'm not super attracted to working on the West Coast because okay. like by the time that you're up, like half the day is done in Gone London the, uh, um, so I think from a like work mentality etc perspective like people who are who do work in New York when you're working with Asia when you're working like all these other places like it's like you have to hustle differently because the timing and everything is different one thing I find interesting I hear you I hear you completely one thing if we're looking at the topic of you know comparing 
what we've seen in the last decade and sort of looking forward kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I feel like the black British culture really came to the fore. Yeah. And you you made a point earlier about sort of the American dream and sort of moving to America for like betterment of your career and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And that brought me back to one topic we did with um, an aspiring actor, Mm -hmm. Gamba, who who we sort of spoke about, you know, his plans going forward, the end goal kind of thing. And he mentioned that eventually he wants to bust America, as you find a lot of people in a lot of different industries, not just like acting, like loads of industries, people do want to bust America. But then I feel like, to have we started the beginning like are we going to look back in 50 years and be like the 2010s were the beginning of the london dream or the british dream the black british dream kind of thing do you know what i mean like are we gonna have we seen the beginning of us creating markets and industries and like podcasts and all of these sort of things that are going to result in us um sort of looking back as 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 this being the era of the creation of something new in, in that sense. So you know I think I mean? for us, like this decade has been really important for like, we, because we, our generation are like going to university on mass, right? Yeah. Like we're like a generation of graduates who are buying houses, who are doing all these things that like previous generations haven't like had yeah, the access so, to, right? Yeah, yeah. And so we are then able to innovate in ways that previous generations haven't. And it's not to say that um, black Brits before did not exist. Black Brits have been in this country at least like, like first, second generation since like the sixties and like be, was, like beyond, 50s, right? Yeah, fifties, yeah, sixties. You know when we got independence and stuff like that. Did we, did we fight the World, World War Two as well? We did, as as part of like colonies. Colony, yeah. yeah. But I mean, like, were we in Britain fighting as well? I think. Um, I can't remember, yeah? Yeah. There was definitely people who were drafted. There was definitely people who were drafted. Then pay some power merchants. No, there's definitely people who were involved in, and, and um, um, drafted mm. from different countries like Nigeria, the Caribbean, etc., etc. Um, but I think this, this decade has been particularly important because as black Brits, we've actually started to articulate our culture we've started to like really take pride in it and really like showcase it to the world like everyone knows who Idris Elba is but Idris is like quintessentially I'm from London like I'm a London boy do you know what I mean like and you see like how the permeability of having like um the Jay Husses of the world the fact that Drake wanted to invest in like Top Boy like that's a very like UK like we are now finally tell, tell having. Like you want to like move back, B? To the UK? <laughs> see, you, I see that you saying the word we a few times. <laughs> There's houses no, but, in Peckham. But, that, but you know what? So. The funny thing is, like, as someone who is like an expat, like, I'm extremely proud of the fact that I'm Black British. Like, both in the UK and like outside the UK, because now we have a very, very strong cultural identity as mm. Black Brits. It is a subculture of like British culture, mm. but like in terms of like. Our, our sound our music like what we like value like how people interact with us like our slang like all these different things which like are key elements of stuff that we've grown up with but like this is now for the first time where we've we are together and like united and have a collective identity whereas before it was just like oh i am nigerian but also i you know was raised in the uk or i am jamaican and i like so it's like now it's for the for the first time it's like weave together it's like no i'm black and i'm british
But I was in Stafford at my friend's house and my, I remember my mum frantically calling me like, where are you, da, 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 mm. turn on the news. And I was like, fuck, like, because <laughs> this was like a London people thing. I remember us in London, we're looking at the news, yeah, seeing Manny and Liverpool and Birmingham and that getting involved. We're like, why are you thinking it? Like, love it, bro. Like, you not stick to your own thing. But bro. then again, I feel like there's a wider discussion. Again, something I want to talk about on the on the podcast is like, okay, right now, we we as black Brits have a very, very strong identity, right? And like, as someone who lives abroad, like it's something that I claim like very heavily because yeah. I feel like it makes us different. We are different. We are- Black British. Yeah, we are a mixture of people and we have lots of very strong, like shared identity things, shared culture moments, etc. Mm-hmm. But do people think it's a phase? Like, do you, like, what are the, some of the things that like makes us like special and yeah. I feel like especially being a black Brit that's not from London yeah. I feel like there's a story to be told there as well because the people who are from Birmingham who are from Manchester even like last year or the year before when Yawande was in um, yeah. on Love yeah. Island it's like whoa like someone that like is black but Island, like yeah. you have this accent bro, it's her mad her accent was just freaking me out bro it just seemed weird yeah. you know what I mean she just seemed like she used to talk like me but and she's Irish very much accent, Nigerian. Like, that, like, I mean, the beauty of podcasts and stuff like this, yeah, is that the answer to that question is very individual. Mm-hmm. Like, my answer will be very different to is different to yours, because I feel like, for me personally, I feel like Black British Londoners mm. is a culture. It's, it's actually something that people define themselves as, mm-hmm. because you know how people said there was that in between where they don't feel like they're Nigerian enough, they don't feel like mm-hmm. they're English mm-hmm. enough. But then people have found this black British thing. Yeah. And then they've like said, this is me. Like, I can identify yeah. with this group of people. Yeah. But then, like you mentioned, other cultures, other like non-London areas. Subcultures, whatever, yeah. They have enough difference to be seen as a different culture kind of thing. But that's but only between us. Well. Like, it's, it's only things that we notice between ourselves, right? right? So it's like, people will probably be up in arms about the fact that like, when you remember T two heartbroken, all that stuff, oh that was very much like yeah, Birmingham driven, right? Was that? Yes, was all it? those or DJs. Wait, we all listened to that on the bus. We top, were, but top. like, uh, not Jamie Duggan. What's his name? What, uh, like, I forget his last name, but he was a like DJ T two from Birmingham. He's actually Zimbabwean from Birmingham. Like, yeah. so I'm just like, <laughs> just like in. those people. Like that four X four niche, like it was influenced, yes, by like the yeah. sound systems in Jamaica. Like yeah. it was influenced by that stuff, but that was a very like Midlands thing. That was like where we put our fr- footprint on. Mm. Um, and I feel like overall, like we all speak to each other and have like different things that we add and like different sounds, different like flavors. Yeah. But like what does unite us is most of us home. It's here. It's here where we grew up. It's here where we went to school, where we were, you know, where we went to Morley's and da da like all these things. That's what makes us black and British. And like we're figuring out that identity and like taking a lot of pride in it, but also sharing it with the world. It always evolves. It evolves as it goes along. Because even, um, you made a great point. I remember when we first started this pod, all of our guests were black and from London. Mm -hmm. Like we and Iray consciously made the effort to say this pod is targeted at black Londoners, for right. black Londoners, by black Londoners, mm-hmm. because we identified that as our culture. Right. But then as time goes along, you're like, raw, like, like Charity from the Midlands thinks exactly like me. The only difference is that she's from the Midlands mm-hmm. and 
I can actually learn those little nuances from Birmingham and use it to the benefit of my black London culture kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then we started opening it up to other sort of people. Mm -hmm. But I definitely agree. I definitely think it's a thing where, like, what do you, what do people place as, like, the hierarchy of relating, uh, of relatability within culture? So is it, is it the way someone talks? Is it the fact that you have um, people from London and they will speak in a very like certain urban kind of slang or whatever, and then you see that as you are more like me than your one day is like me because your one day doesn't really sound like me, kind of thing. But do you know Depends. what? I think even like even when you look at your one day, like granted, she grew up in a very white area. For most of us who are not from That's, London, yeah. most of us, and this is not to say everyone, because there are very black parts of Birmingham, like Handsworth, okay. which. Me personally, that's not my experience. What's so your, I would. What's your I grew up go? in a very white middle class area. Okay. And like, <laughs> it's something that I got teased about because I used to work with like young people. No, no, no. But as in, <coughs> I used to work in youth and community development before like I finished uni. Mm. And that whole, I remember doing a, a conference with the West Midlands Police Authority in Birmingham, mm. um, and. I was like, what, like 16, 17 at the time. Yeah. And I was like working with kids who were like 14, 13, etc. Yeah. And they're like, oh, she thinks like she's a white girl, da 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 da. And this is like. I was probably guilty of being one of them ones back then. But it's it's different, right? Yeah. It's like othering. And like, you're one day, bless her, like her <laughs> accent is is different. But like, uh-huh. you look at it on, on face value, she likes Jalov, she grew up drinking super malt. Like, the same things that we all had, mm. it was just like transposed in a different place. Mm. And when you look at London, there's also some like subcultures between you guys because a Northwest Londoner is not the same as a Southeast Londoner. Okay. It's not a, like, and even when people talk about like the girls they like and date and da 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 da, East London girls is different from a South London girl. Absolutely. Well, whoa, 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 I'm not gonna stereotype like that because. But like, it is yeah. a stereotype, but it's true. I feel you, I feel you, I feel you, I feel you. And it's mad, at the end of the day, if people, for those um, sort of naysayers that will say you can't define a culture as like black London or whatever, whatever mm-hmm. because it's too similar to something or too different. Like you have Nigeria and Ghana who share some, share some similarities and share some differences. So I feel like accepted cultures, sort of Africans versus Asians, mm-hmm. they already have similarities and differences. So just creating further subcultures is, is fine kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Speaking of decade, when well, you mentioned, um, obviously 2020 now, so thank God for getting us through this new decade. Amen. Well, so let's go around the room. Uh, charity, or well, from, because um, you spent, you spent your first half of your decade in the UK mm-hmm. and you spent a lot of parts of it in the US, right? Yeah. So give us, you're going to give us a lesson from each half or? Wow. So at the start of the decade, I was a teenager. Um, <laughs> and I think kind of what has kind of carried me through the whole of it is I'm a throw spaghetti girl. Like I definitely like will act now and think later in terms of like if I have an idea like I just want to like figure out if it's going to work like test out and then run with it Mm. um and that Mm. being like super headstrong super like experimental etc is what carried me to um apply for the job (laughs) that I ended up getting or um apply for the opportunity to to go to America because there was a lot of things that were against that Mm. um whole move so that's definitely something which has kind of like resonated throughout and I think in the second half is (coughs) not being scared of 
Um, Very important, not being scared. Yeah, not being scared in general, uh, Mm. but also not being scared to like fail, not being scared to Mm. be different, um, not Mm. being scared to like, yo, like my path is different. Like I'm treading like a different, um, you know, I'm telling a different story and like sometimes I would get downbeat about it, like oh you know I have very easy to get downbeat. I don't have I don't have a house or like my the rest of my friends. I don't have to, like, but it's just like wait, like you've done X Y Z, like it's okay that you've chosen like to go down this direction. Yeah. Um, and so just being secure in like who I am as a woman and like what I'm passionate about and what I'm pursuing. Yeah, nice. No, very similar about the not being scared thing. I feel like embracing my authentic self was definitely my theme of the 2010s. And I don't know if that came with like age, because like you said, I became from teenager to a man. And I don't know if that would have happened anyway mm. with like go, going through those ages or if it happened because there was a push for people in our community more to embrace themselves and to tap into those nuances to, you know, um, innovate and whatnot. But I definitely feel like um, the word imposter syndrome, I, I discovered it late like i discovered it very recently like i, I never actually knew what it meant we so did I the pod on that, didn't we well yeah but it never got released but um, <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> but yeah oh, that's what, oh yeah oh yeah that's, that's the point we did review it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah we did a pod but even <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like it was very it was it was, it was not long before that which i actually discovered the word and because i never actually knew what the word is i don't think i even obviously i wasn't able to say if i had it or not because i didn't know what it was mm. But um, I don't know, some people may say that it's toxic, but I just feel like I'm very, I've always been very like secure in myself. I've always felt like, you know, I am where I should be. I'm here because of my achievement kind of thing. But then at the same time, I wonder if like imposter syndrome was there in the fact that do these lot could, could, like for example, if I'm working in a corporate job, do these lot appreciate me? Like do they, do they know what I'm bringing them? <laughs> do, they, do they know what like I am bringing them? Do they know that, you know, if there's eight people around the table and I'm the only black guy, that like I, you don't realize how valuable my experience is or yeah. like, do you know what I mean? My mm-hmm. differences. So I feel like realizing that has really shifted my whole mentality and I really approach life differently. And I think like in the next decade or whatever, it's really gonna impact um, every endeavor that I do, really, mm-hmm. to be fair. The imposter syndrome one is very, very interesting. Let me just go, let me comment on that before giving my yeah, one. Um, it's interesting because, like, even sometimes at work, uh, I've achieved a lot from my age. Mm. We all have in this room, mm. right? But even sometimes, um, I remember even the Atlanta opportunity, I initially hesitated before I put my hand up for it. Yeah. My boss came to me, like, yo, you're gonna go Atlanta. And there was a brief hesitation about that. The father, like, yeah, let's go. Mm. And I don't know, sometimes I still find myself in a position where I'm like, do I really, am I really this good? Or have I been able to swindle people? It's all about your finesse, man. Yeah, you know, you know, am I, and obviously I am very good, right? But sometimes, you know. Okay. With your chest, say it. No, because because sometimes, (laughs) and this is where the Christian thing comes into it, because it's like, am I at this level because God put me here or because I worked hard? Mm. Which one is it? Mm. Both. But then, how can it be both? Because you understand what I mean? How can it be both? Uh, like, yeah, because if God was gonna make you wavy anyway, it don't matter if you I'm don't work. Hard for. Like you do it anyway, because 
Yeah. You can afford, yeah. I guess, but like, imagine if you got to the place and you're like lazy, though. Like, so like, what like happens? Just because you have the opportunity doesn't mean that you're gonna make the most out of it. Okay. Yeah. But what I'm trying to, well, so I I agree with that. But what I'm saying is, the fact that I got the opportunity, that like, because I worked hard, because God gave me the opportunity. So you look, you look back at people, and, right? So for example, you look back at people, and in Christianity, we're taught to um, remember that we're nothing essentially, and God's everything, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, more of you, less of us, basically, right? So with that, I'm always finding myself in a constant battle between this achievement I've got here, is that because <coughs> God gave it to me because I worked hard for it? And I'm, I've always, recently, more than ever, I've always been in a constant battle. Mm, mm. I haven't been able to sort it out yet. It's a valid battle, and I feel it's very individual, like, which I was saying is the beauty of these kind of podcasts, because you're ideal your idea of like which one weighs more or which one you know has more of a contribution is different to what charity may think or is different to what i may think kind of thing do you know what i mean so for example like sam and luca yeah so you had your um <coughs> you had your your black um conference yeah, right? yeah. and you're successful you know paraded i heard about it even though i didn't follow it oh, i saw pictures of it oh, come on man we yeah. did it properly was that god or was that you because huh? you, no, you, 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 yeah, well, that God is that you. That's God, fam. Cool. All right. That's all God's deal. Okay. We'll talk about this offline. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll talk about this offline. Uh, so, your highlight for the decade? So, my highlight for the decade, um, I've had so many highlights. I mean, thank, thank God, right? Uh, did good at A levels, uh, university was sick, met some real lifetime. It's mad when you deep A levels within 10 years, bro. Yeah. You know, 20, you know, 10 years ago, so I was in secondary school, you know. Fam, you were, you were skinny as well, bro. <laughs> <laughs> You see that, yeah, I was a little run, bro. Marga, yeah. Listen, I was Marga, bro. I was, uh, was skinny than Samuels now. Right, right, um, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, thank God I managed to do well at A levels and at university. Yeah. Um, I've learned a lot in the last five years because I did my own startup, um, did some consulting jobs, uh, did my city. Mm. Um, and I've traveled a lot. I've, in fact, I've always traveled because even in college, I went to India. Um, I went to Rome, went to Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to South Africa. I've been, I've been everywhere. I've always traveled. I've always liked traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to three. I've been to four continents in the last three weeks. Right. Right. You do it properly, be. Yeah. Um, my biggest lesson is um, similar to what you said, charity. Everyone's path is different. Mm-hmm. I remember when I first started in 2015, when I was spending a year doing my own startup, and my boys were getting big time um, rain making jobs I'd like to myself you know it's a bit cold here B. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it you know, you know how the Israelites and the, you know the Egyptians you know the Egyptians were all raining but in the, in, the, in the Israelites camp it was all dry yeah yeah and my mum was like listen everyone's trajectory is different yeah mm-hmm. um, you can't compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter ten Facts. yeah and do you know what's funny I started reading um, I suck at reading like unfortunately so I'm trying oh, to get back to it 2020 goals B, 2020 yeah goals. I'm trying to get better in it what do you uh, like braille or something or that? Yeah. no I, I suck at just reading regular oh, books. Oh, just having time. Yeah. And so I, I went back to the subtle art of um, not giving a fuck. Um, and well, love that. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. And he was talking about, the author was talking about how like success and like happiness is based on like the struggles that you're willing to endure. Mm. Uh, and it's not for like everyone. Like just because um, 
like you said, your your chapter five might be someone else's chapter like twenty five. Yeah. But like the stuff that you're willing to go through, the fact that you were willing to take a year out and be a startup founder, someone else might not. Um, mm. And their trajectory is completely mm. different. So it's really about we struggle because we are at that age, um, and a lot of people like this is not like a generational thing this is just like a time of where we are in our lives like where you are figuring yourself out you like have gone through like school and like been like with everyone and mm. you know you're all at the same level and now you're like defining your own lane and like mm. now you are very visibly like oh this is what i do and this is how i do it mm. that it's hard not to compare but i think the older we're getting and the more comfortable we're getting in our stories then it's just like oh, okay yeah like i am this and i do do this and yeah i'm the shit at what, what i do what i'm mad is like cool we're mid-20s whatever and we're having this convo now but i feel like i definitely suffered with that at one point i suffered that in my early teens thinking do you know what i mean like um what am I going to be? I was very unsure of what I was going to do, mm. like career-wise, life-wise kind of thing. And I feel like there gets to a point in young people's lives where they, bless you, where they definitely <coughs> feel that, where they definitely feel that. And I feel like going forward in terms of like what we can do to make a difference in our community going forward, we should definitely like be more, there should be more um, push, bless, bless you. There should be more push towards um, encouraging youth from a younger age to embrace everything and, and be comfortable with un, un, unclarity, like things things not being clear. As if you have that clarity, if, you, if you're aware of that from a younger age, then you're able to like get rid of that stage where you're just unsure of life and you feel like you're behind everyone. If you know that that's coming, then you're able to be more aware to different opportunities. Kind of thing. You know, yeah. uh, uh, another one is um, um, enjoying people and enjoying the moment. Um, yes. Just because a particular job or relationship didn't work out doesn't mean it failed. You had that, you, you enjoyed that experience in a period, period of time. For a reason. Just, just because your job, <coughs> you, know, you, didn't, you didn't end up being an MD a or a director. Yeah. That season, you had a great time. <laughs> uh, you got you got CPR skills and that time. You pick it up in, you pick up CPR oh, skills. Green <laughs> uh, no, not CPR is. And, um, yeah, so just Shout because that you. relationship or that, that um, venture you did or that job you took, didn't work out doesn't mean it was a failure or a waste of time mm -hmm. that period contributed to who you are now and you should see that as a great use of time you enjoy that person you enjoy that experience do you feel like your mentality in that regard has changed in the last decade as in yeah absolutely like before like if a relationship didn't end in marriage or like if a job you got sacked or something would it like have really cut yeah you yeah so like with me personally it would have been like it's a waste of time um but no I, I, but it is sometimes like it, sometimes it is sometimes it is but it depends on how you want to look at it. If you think it's a waste of time, then you're going to end up being down. If you see it as some lessons yeah. learned, you're going to end up looking forward, right? So depends. what do you think was the trigger that made you realise? Well, sober up. Yeah. I don't know. I remember, uh, maybe I was on the beach in Accra. I'm not joking. Oh, oh. Um, I was just chilling. Must be nice. I don't think, you know what, like, um, I'm, I'm X amount of age, yeah. right? Um, and I had a lot of experiences. Mm. Uh, over the globe, different countries, and uh, etc. Right, and I was like, "Cool, I've got a lot to show for it." So even though right now I'm in a particular season, in those previous seasons, 
I've got a lot to show from it. And mainly the fact, you know what, no matter what happens, for example, let's say I don't speak with you for another 50 years, right? We've done this. Done this. Let's say we don't do this, or let's say we don't do this, let's say we change to something else. The first two, the two years we did the podcast was sick. Yeah. Yeah, or let's say you know you know what I mean yeah, like, um, man, I, and that's how you know for example I lived with four people at university mm. right uh, I, I still speak to the four but two of them are my closest friends another two are still good friends mm. and that's perfectly fine at university they would have been my four closest friends mm. but just because they're not my four closest friends anymore doesn't mm. mean that, that that university experience was wasted mm. I still had a great time at university that's and that's how I'm trying to that's a good one things, yeah. any good any other well, we talk about highlights, but something that I feel has happened, maybe not so much a highlight, but I feel like um, our community... you broke a leg, in it? Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I feel like our community has become very much more politically inclined. Mm-hmm. Like, we're very much more... Um, Sober, not conscious. <laughs> we're very much aware of our importance to contribute into, like, the political climate of this country. And we very much, like... We, we realised the power in our numbers. For example, the London riots. I remember <coughs> that very clearly. Yeah. I'm not going to go into too much detail about anyways. But um, I feel like that in this decade, I feel like that was the start oh, of 20, us. That was 2011, think, right? Yeah. 2011. 2011. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was the start of us thinking, nah, this ain't, we're not having this. Yeah. It's injustice. And but I feel like, like we, that's just spiralled from there. Like. We've always, like, we've always been, like, politically woke, quote, quote unquote. Yes, because Brixton riots happened in the 80s. Oh, so like, so, like, <laughs> that, that type of stuff has been happening. I think the more, um, what's been more kind of poignant is us realising how much weight our money has and like how much weight our like collective action has okay so like where we like invest like there's a lot of conversation right now about like general generational wealth yeah and like people wanting to buy houses in africa or even just the fact that we have a generation where like between in this room we at least know one or two people who've bought houses yeah yeah, in their mid-20s like that didn't happen before like you reckon i don't know i think it did you know but because houses were cheaper then in their mid-20s though yeah, like my dad bought in the UK as well. Yeah, because they were a lot cheaper, weren't they? They nah, were, but, but like the cost of living was different. Like wages were different. Maybe, maybe you're right. I don't know. I wasn't around. The houses were there. cheaper, but weren't they working lower-paid jobs as well when exactly. they first came as immigrants? I don't know, but obviously you said your dad is a big. big no, my dad was born there. Yeah, it's different, isn't it? But like we have like we have way more entrepreneurs now. We have way more people who are like actors athletes like culture movers you know like people who are doing things that like previous generations haven't been able to and we actually have an influence on stuff beyond just our own like you know community like Mm. our own like little patch i feel like we've created like new markets as well like for example i went free shots um Mm -hmm. tequila Mm -hmm. Life, so I, I started listening to free shots. Free shots kind of gave me the inspiration for this because mm-hmm. they just sounded like me and my boys. I used to listen to them at work, I was like, This is me and my boys, mom yeah. is me. And I thought it was so live, and then they started to get their audience and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Back chat as well, similar. But I just thought there was no substance to it. Yes. I was like, You have such That's a, a great big, platform. big, big piece of feedback from a lot of such these black podcasts. Platform, but yeah, there was no substance. Yeah, so I said, I would literally create, recreate free shots, but just make it have some substance mm-hmm. and imagine having that platform and delivering something of substance but still having banter and still making people laugh kind of thing so that was kind of the initial idea behind this uh-huh. 
So my point was when I went to so I stopped listening because it just it was a waste of my time. It but then like I would caveat that to say it has its own niche. Like some people want that. Like we as like Russell Group Uni people etc. We have a particular worldview. We are like for the most part very elitist, right? Okay. And so mm-hmm. to an extent. Yeah, so, like that's what I said. For for the most part we are. And so when you think about it, this audience is like a like oh, is like. Yeah majority of everyone else yeah. that don't necessarily want to talk about like what's going on in um Betterman and stuff like that yeah, yeah, yeah because it's just like that's what i'm saying it definitely has its space do you know what i mean it has its space but i guess i don't want to say it's frustrating but it's frustrating that what gets the most numbers is that and people and, and don't want to think. That's that's the other thing. Yeah, people people want, like, what's in the group chat, which they is... Want, they want sex and relationships yep. and body count yep. and cheating yep. and that. Yep. That's all Twitter is, kind of, do you know what I yep. mean? But, and also another thing that annoyed me is, for example, Backchat was doing nonsense one mm-hmm. time. Because like, they would always go viral and you'll just see the title and you're like, ha, what is this, bro? Mm-hmm. Certain, uh, I bought my kid if I had a disability. Certain mad. Yeah. And then, obviously, because they have such a huge platform, other people may not necessarily watch it, but they're aware of Backchat. And I feel like when something has such big numbers like that, they think that's what is the majority, that represents the community. Mm-hmm. Like that's what the majority of people listen to and believe in. And <coughs> So I thought, why are these platforms getting these huge numbers and they're sort of giving a bad name to our community kind of thing, so, to other communities? Like, so here's the thing with, because I asked the same thing Going to America, there's a lot of like, like among our like age group and stuff like that. There's a lot of group chats. Like, imagine. Just call it the room, I don't. But yeah. No worries. There's one called. <clears throat> there's one platform called GroupMe. GroupMe is like WhatsApp on steroids, <laughs> and like, <laughs> like as long as someone invites you to the group, you can like be in it. You can add people. Like. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. one of my friends was at an event and. Uh, like this she was telling this girl like I just moved here blah 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 I don't really know like where to go and like da 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 and she was the girl was like oh like I should add you to this group me like mm. um, you can find out like people throwing flyers of events and stuff like that and like oh, you, yeah go ahead. bro I can't hear you hello hello yeah there's something wrong with this guy yeah so she said yeah so she was just like you should join this group me people throw like um events and you can learn about stuff going on but also like i think like people meet up and stuff like that mm. so at the time that group me was a group of people who just finished university maybe the year before mm. and a lot of them had moved from other places um and like were like young professionals in new york <coughs> and so the group started off as like a small friendship group of maybe like 30 people yeah. when i joined there was like 300 people yeah. Currently, there is three thousand people okay. in that group. So what you say on the pioneers? Yeah. No, no, no. In the <laughs> sense that, like, that was like a good like segue into seeing what people care about, what they talk about, etc., etc. Yeah. Majority of times, the conversation was about sex, relationships, like the same things that don't like. Everyone has an opinion about body count. Everyone has an opinion about. Yeah. You know what would you do if you like Kevin Hart and cheating on his uh, on his pregnant wife? Everyone has an opinion. No, those are relevant topics. Those are relevant convos, but it's not relevant to be doing it again and again and again and again. That's all people want to talk about. Yeah, 
that's all people care about. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. It makes no sense. So what, in that in the group me convo, three thousand people mm-hmm. were talking about body counts and sex. No, no, no. As in like three thousand people have joined over time yeah. because they can just like check the group me and like they can find out, oh yeah. Friday there's this party happening. Yeah, like go yeah. into the gallery and just see what's going on. Probably like a hundred people max talk frequently. What I find mad, yeah, is that it means it's not even a British thing. It means the whole world. Oh, just exactly. Wants to talk it's it's a black people thing. Oh my god. Black gosh. Twitter is exactly the same, as in like American black American Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, it's exactly. Is it like the same. that in Africa? I don't know. You but know I would that have time, so. bro. They're hustling, bro. Mm. I'm tired to be talking about. Did Ngozi have sex with Jimmy <laughs> K and Who has time? I mean, maybe, like, maybe. And, like, the fact that we all live on social media and stuff like that, it just makes the walls, like, yeah. close in. Yeah, and so, true. But yeah. no, I'm definitely not hating, because my point was as well, so I stopped listening, like, a year and a bit ago, whatever, because it just wasn't enriching me. But when I heard it um, performing at Hammersmith Apollo, because mm. I remember the first episode I was there, I said, nah, this growth is mad, let me go and pre it. There were 3,600 black people there mm-hmm. supporting. Mm-hmm. And again, I've, literally the whole convo was about, the whole show was about eating pumps, um, getting your ass eaten, um, pissing girls, just like mad topics. <laughs> I said, you have this crowd and this is what you're talking about. Yeah. And their parents were there as well. Obviously they're big men, but whatever. So I said, that's mad. But the fact that we've got that crowd is sick and also, the fact that we have that crowd, I feel like we've created like new markets, like podcasts and like the platform that your your friend made, the black culture thing. I feel like those have helped us grow this black British culture mm-hmm. thing as well mm-hmm. because we see it more on social. Obviously, I'll say it again on the pod because we see it on um, social media where people be like, "Raw, like that's me." Like I can identify with that. <coughs> Which is sick. Yeah. Sick, man. That's the main thing I've taken from this decade. We've created new, we've innovated. Yeah. We've innovated there. So. And black people, we do that all the time. You look through any point of history, we do it. Now, yeah. what we need to do different is just make money off of it. Yeah, man. And make strategic money off of it. Because right. I remember when I launched, like... Um, Season. Yeah. Over the summer, I did the hats. I'm like... I don't know why, but at some point before, like earlier in the year, added me on instagram so i was just like okay like i can dm him and it won't go into like the abyss <laughs> so when i was in london this year like i can't, like i was just like hey like i've launched this thing like you know i know he wears hats so i was like I, yeah. like i'd love to give you one da, da, da. and like i met him i gave him the hat Sick. yeah and i was oh, just you like replied saying, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah yeah like and like i was waiting for him to wear it oh, and man. he just didn't oh, and man. i was like here is the other problem is because we are so focused on brands if it was trap star he would wear it if it was do you know what i mean like mm. things like that where it's just like ugh, like and someone like him he has a platform where he could speak about that like, he could showcase things yeah. like that he could talk about like oh like was, like yeah. and that stuff pushes the needle but like yeah. it takes us so long to even start seeing that and getting there and it's just like so annoying do you feel like even within the um the desire to support black businesses there's still a bit of favoritism in terms of um, people support either black businesses they know who started it mm-hmm. or they um, like they don't just blindly support every black business Correct. kind of thing yeah. because similar to so you've got your brand season mm-hmm. but I know like 
maybe not Marv, but other like maybe YouTubers, like I don't know if you know Rants or um, Troops and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They they wear a lot of like black owned um, brands. What's the name? There's Rants and Bants. He's like a YouTuber, like in the football. Okay. Because I need more influencers. Definitely, definitely do. And most of them, like they say, just holler at me, like I want to support. But I still feel like there's a bit of favoritism, and I feel like that needs to go. The reason why I feel more passionate about it, absolutely, is because I'm an entrepreneur, right? And so I. That works. They're gonna wear it later. I. It's a Christmas jumper. Oh, okay. Okay. So I'm just like. <laughs> like, I got you. but it's fine. It's whatever. Ramel London, she wore it, and she was like, she did like a whole thing. She sent me lots of great content, Absolutely. so I was happy. Um, but like, the reason why I feel strongly about it is twofold. On one hand, like you said, people like to work so with the people that they know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And also, black people don't support black businesses because we have been indoctrinated to always want a discount or to not pay that much for stuff, or whatever. In America, some of the first, like, five people who bought something were my American friends. It costs, like, 40-odd dollars for a, like, jumper. They did not flinch, did not think anything. And this is, like, teachers. No, black people. Teachers, people who don't make that much money, but, like, they support, like, one of my friends, Cam, she wears stuff which, like, says, like, hella black, hella proud, da-da-da-da, like... So, like, the whole black stuff is, like, it's not even... I don't even have to think about it. Whereas here, one of my first DMs, once I launched, they were like, oh, like, if it was £20, like, I would have bought it. I was like, but it's not. Yeah. I I don't know what you want me to say. Like, the price is the price. So you think it's a British-African thing? No, that's true, though. What about the... Hmm, how do I word this? So, I feel like in Britain as well, again, I don't know if it's last 10 years, I'm just thinking from 2011 to now or 2010 till now I feel like there's been a lot more on there's been a lot more of a push for minority groups such as LGBT um, there's been a push for feminism mm-hmm. and stuff like that that's a minority you know yeah like because the, obviously there's less women in powerful positions and all of that um, how much to, to what extent do you think that's filtered to the black British community like do you think black people are more accepting of like gay people than before or like like black people are more willing to put female like could there be a female Nigerian president you're going to female again yeah yeah well, I'm not going to say lady or woman president that makes sense like a female president kind of do you know what I mean yeah I think it goes back to what you were saying of like we live in a generation which is politically very active okay. and politically more like woke um, and the big theme that has come out in this like decade globally is that we're more tolerant of yeah. a lot of stuff um, in our community yeah, not not like the not one. just our community like generally okay. like we're more tolerant of stuff that's why like you can't say a madness yeah, 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 yeah like yeah. you can't say crazy things because yeah, yeah, you know yeah. like we have parameters and stuff like that and sensitivity to it and I think for you know, black people, we have been the underdogs, so we always will support the underdogs. And I think a lot of like the more radical views have kind of changed as people have gone to different countries and have gone and experienced and had friendships, relationships, etc., with other communities. Mm. So I think that for us, like, it's not to say like black people, and it, it, it's very hard to broad brush something, but like I think kind of looking 
yeah, like at, you, at your yeah, question, it's yeah. like in general, like you know, black people are you know supporters of the underdog overall. Because mm. I think my question, the reason I asked that is because I feel like black people, black British people, have managed generally to stay, um, to stay true to their values, independent of what's going on around them, kind of thing. For example. Uh, for example. Um, it's it's kind of weird, but for example, like Peckham, if you walk through it, like you, you very much like it feels like you're you're in Nigeria, like like you see really yeah well not now but well, th- that's before. the thing that's the thing like before. so in this like particular decade, <coughs> I remember my um kind my hairdresser though. since uni. Um, Because I'm not from here, so I had to find someone to do my hair here in London. I I know people be shit. (laughs) But my hairdresser was. That's that's another moment we've seen. We've seen a lot of tall people who are six foot five do women hair. Hello. What are you talking about? Bro? <laughs> this guy's done that. But the reason why that like <laughs> like made like pricked my ears like when I first came to uni, my hairdresser was in Peckham, yeah. and Peckham yes was like little Nigeria, etc. Et et right, yeah. but coming back like after having like moved and like hadn't been in Peckham for like years, mm. I remember walking to her. Um, shop and like there's like speakeasies yeah, there's places like, where you can get like avocado on listen, toast listen, i was just like nuts, this man. is peckham yeah it's nuts it's changed man they they took the ghetto from us man it's mm. gone it's gone bro it's gone but no no that's that's a great point because i feel like prior to that peckham had managed to stay like do you know what i mean like very nigerian very black but it's got to a point now there's like a costa there's a do you know what i mean mm-hmm. and it's it's even got to there kind of thing. So maybe... Are you trying to say cost of not black? Uh, it's not owned by a black person. <laughs> so yeah, it's, maybe it's getting to, to those communities as well. Quick, uh, cool. We've done some reminiscing. So in terms of cost of time, in terms of goals for moving forward, so I, I'll say, I'll, I spent yesterday doing a lot of my goals for the year. Um, Sam, what goals do you have for the decade that you don't mind sharing? Um, main goals are just to... It's, it's kind of generic, but just to flourish, like, in in all my career endeavors like gonna, be, do that just by being myself bro just for the people listening because <coughs> you know you like god being smart, so i did a right? i did a post on linkedin the other day and like my main thing my main motto is just to invest all my energy in things that are aligned with my personal values so like um social mobility and stuff like that mm-hmm. just things that better my community and communities in need really so like if no matter how what I want to get the place that I want to get to is no matter how attractive the proposition if it doesn't align with my values I don't want to get involved with it kind of thing so I want to succeed but succeed doing stuff that I care about yeah so, so the reason I mentioned the word smart because you know when you, when you build a goal that you're taught to make it a smart goal so specific measurable achievable realistically realistic realistic and also timely mm. um, so you, you break it down into specific steps uh, we will do a podcast on setting goals yeah, one day. Yeah, yeah. Um, so one goal for me is um, uh, similar to you to flourishing. Uh, mm. I want to make sure that uh, no day I go home and I'm like, could have done this, could have done yeah, that. Yeah. I want it to be a thing where um, I execute my ideas. Mm. And if, if they work, they work. If they don't work, they don't work. But I don't want to feel like I wish I did that. And I, I did have a few of those feelings towards the end of last year. Mm. I wish we did this. Or mm. I wish I did that. I don't mm. want it to be a thing where I'm happy I did this. 
yeah, you do uh, it. Yeah, 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 yeah I want to yeah. be more of a doer this year. Last year I was more of a plotter, thinker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, thinking strategically. Now I want to be active this year. Uh, Charity, how about you? So, <coughs> I haven't done my goals for the year yet because <laughs> I I've been traveling and I haven't mm-hmm. got home yet. So when I go home, still this early, week, still January. Yes, I try and get all that stuff done by the tenth. Um, but when I do get home. What I like to do is, I'm not a New Year's resolution person. Like, I like to have a couple of words that kind of um, inform in, inform my attention and my atten- intentions for the year. What's your word for the year, B? I haven't done that yet. <laughs> so, last year it was um, transition, um, feel, um, accept, and present, I believe. Um, and that was because transition was like a big theme that, sorry, commit was one of the words. Um, but transition because I found out that I was moving back to America on the 1st of January. And I was like, wow, this is not what I'd planned on happy, the 31st. Happy, happy yeah, <laughs> it's not what I planned on the 31st. Yeah. So a lot of my friendships were in transition. My life was in transition. Like, you know, so much yeah. was like happening. Um, and then commit because- Your commitment issues. I struggle to commit to things um, <laughs> and it manifested in different ways. So like I set myself like monthly challenges, like say for example, I, yeah, like yeah. I did uh, 21 days straight in the gym in November because I wanted mentally to see if I could do it. You look good for Halloween. In November? but like like being vegan or like setting up a gratitude jar like so just setting little little mini targets and goals throughout the year to keep me active but for this year i'm probably going to go back to that um you know system and figure out what i want to do with it um a big goal last year was to launch my business and i did that so this year it'll be about growth and figuring out how to take it to the next level and really? um you know before we, before you get into season i just want to quickly ask so you set your goals based on the words but how do you track your goals and like, how do you track whether you've done it and also if you haven't done it like for example you mentioned commit yeah and so say say you say you feel like you haven't achieved your commitment goal mm-hmm. would you carry it forward to the next year or do you just start afresh that's a good uh, question yeah i when i used to like have more like specific goals like that then yeah you there's, there's stuff which is in my phone which has been there for three years uh, um <laughs> but um when i think about it in that way <clears throat> it's more like i try and do goals based on like a quarter or on like a month so my big meta goal last year was to set up my business and I did that in March. So like, that was like, okay, I've already done it. But like, I knew at the end of the year, it was just like, I, my goal was to, you know, have this many sales or like, so it's a, it's a, something that's able to like move and like be rejigged. And so that's like one way to do it. And also I think it's, it's a dangerous place to like have like big, like, I want to lose weight by da 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 da. Like I want to, you know, That's whatever. That's when your mental. Like, listen, you're one stone over what you wanted to be, and you're. And then you beat your yourself shit, up. Yeah, so nice. you have to realize that your your life moves moving moves in seasons, and yeah. it you know transforms and different things and obstacles and challenges come yeah. your way. So you have to be able to tweak stuff. Yeah. Um, and so I try and measure myself based on like a month or a quarter. Etc. Yeah. Me, me personally, um, I, so I don't, I don't follow words. I, I got something called Spife goals, which is um, so I set all my goals 
uh, in different categories such as spiritual, physical, intellectual, financial, and emotional, and I have different Jeez. goals for those. Mm-hmm. Um, so what yesterday what I did was I wrote down a list of everything I want to achieve this year in those different categories. Yeah, right. You want to share a couple of them? Or? Yeah, one sec, one sec. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and, then I, and then I have a spreadsheet in different tabs. So I've got a spiritual tab, physical tab, and so on. And then I have the goals, and then I have the, the 12 months, January mm-hmm. to December. And then I have for each month what I want to do for that goal. And oh, at the end of each month, I can then color it in red, blue, or green, depending on whether I've achieved it or uh, the progress of it, and That's so on. Sick. That's what I do. So okay. like a spiritual goal could be maybe um, read the Bible in a year, or a spiritual goal could be read this spiritual book, or do this devotional, or spend uh, ten minutes of my morning praying. Mm. That, for example, that's mm. a spiritual goal. That's right? wavy, man. An emotional goal could be um, work on holding grudges or being more forgiven. And how do I measure that? Maybe um, okay, deciding that someone that upsets me, or if I'm frustrated about something, not going to sleep on that. Mm-hmm. So those are different ways you can measure those. So they're very important to not just set goals. You want to also be able to <coughs> measure them because if you can't measure them, what would happen is you would have by, by August you would have you would have achieved a lot of these goals, mm-hmm. but then you'll be like, you can't. There's no because What's you haven't next? tracked it. Because you haven't tracked it, you start yeah. feeling down because you don't know if you you, you don't remember achieving it, but you have. Yeah, and, and I I think kind of added to what you said, like this when we think about like the decade and like how we want to move and stuff like that. One of my mentors a few years ago said. You know, to be successful in life, you need like a board of directors um, or like you need to see your life like has having a board of directors and like who informs that like information flow that goes through your life and like how you make decisions and stuff like that. Exactly. And so one of the big things that I've, you know, have on my list this year, which I'm carrying from last year is um, investing in like you know things like therapy i've got a career coach i've got like different ways and like different levers that can um help me think differently but also help me ensure that i have an outsider that's able to like guide me through some stuff so i can mm. be a better version of myself what's the difference between a therapist and a psychiatrist <clears throat> i'm not 100 percent sure but i believe a psychiatrist can prescribe medication and the therapist can't. can't yeah so therapist isn't necessarily a doctor basically I mean, it's more like a difference between a psychologist and a psychiatrist. And also, the other thing I mentioned is I have a coach. A coach is different from a therapist as well. Okay, cool. And a coach is different from a mentor, isn't it? Uh-huh. And a sponsor, and a sponsor. yeah. <coughs> cool, yeah would, would you, what's a sponsor? That's for like, anonymous. No. <laughs> a sponsor is um, someone who is like a mentor that picks you, basically. Yeah. And they are able to speak in rooms advocate. that you are not in, yep. advocate for you, open doors for you. Yep. Whereas a, a mentor is someone that you can talk about your career, your goals. Okay. It might be someone that you might ask to mm. be your mentor. Mm. Um, and it might be a peer. It mm-hmm. might be someone who is like just slightly ahead of you in your career. Mm. It might be someone who's younger, actually. Mm. Um, whereas a sponsor is usually someone who is very senior and has a lot of influence. And that's something that I've seen <clears throat> last year actually because I've I've had the same mentors and sponsors for years um, mm. but like last year I was surprised at how some people kind of came out of the woodworks and I was just like right, where you do know, you come from fam? yeah I was just like oh like this is this is what we're doing but you know I'm very very grateful okay so speaking about career let's do a bit of a um, 
spotlight into you. Mm -hmm. So let the people know like who you are, a little bit about yourself, and then talk about how you went to start season. So what season is and okay. yeah, the inspiration um, behind it. Sure, so I'm Charity. Um, <laughs> That's a Zimbabwean name, isn't it? Listen, it fam, is. I, I was guessing for the longest. I was like, is she Jamaican? <laughs> is she Nigerian? Do you know what I mean? It's funny. So. Yeah, I'm a Zimbabwean. Cool. Um, and I went to the <coughs> London School of Economics. I Jeez. studied international relations and history. I currently work in financial services for a fintech-focused uh, venture capital firm called Anthemis. Um, and I look after brand communications, um, PR, and for those following at home, marketing essentially. Um, so I <laughs> help out on organizing you know, media announcements, media training, thought leadership, um, you know, and supporting on kind of public relations and like stuff related to journalists. So that's kind of what I do in my day job. <clears throat> I, I'm based out of New York um, and I have like originally moved out there in 2015. And I currently, my latest project, um, as you know, black people, we always have a side hustle of some on. sort. Come on, always, um, so I have a clothing business focused on, um, you know, loungewear for, you know, the, urban or um, <laughs> young professional um, who likes to travel, likes to um, just like be really comfy and cozy. And mm. the whole premise behind it was kind of twofold. On one hand, I wanted to start a business that my brothers could participate in because mm. I wanted, I don't have time or money to be giving people money for the sake of giving them money. Money is good um, though. <laughs> it is great, but like I wanted them to kind of like have an yeah. outlet to be able to earn money and Sick. like have something where they, they can put on their younger? CV. Yeah. Oh, nice. I wanted nice. them to have something that they can put on the CV. And one of my brothers w used to do reselling of like clothes and Yeezys and stuff. So he had the experience. So it was like, okay, this made, this made sense. Mm. And then the other part of it is kind of talking about some of the stuff that we touched on earlier. Being an expat, you know, you it really defines your identity in a way that you might not have thought about when you are at home. Mm. Um, so I became very aware of my my kind of experience as a black British person. Mm. Um, and I wanted to create a brand that, you know, celebrates, you know, our like black British roots and, and who we are mm. um, in a, you know, casual humorous way, but also because I'm on, I travel a lot like I mm. wear a lot of black clothes first yeah, of all I and, I, <laughs> and I, I wear a lot of like um, hoodies jumpers etc yeah, yeah. so I just wanted stuff where it looked and felt like the stuff that my brothers and I wear yeah, but also yeah. has like a black British like mm. piece of something to it so mm. yeah that is seasoned mm. and the reason why it's called seasoned is again paying a nod to who we are in like black British culture, like black black people. It yes, it's <laughs> S Z N D. Um and the focus is really on like seasonal um loungewear. Um so over Christmas I did a Christmas collection of jumpers. Nice. Um over the summer last year I did a series of hats and I'm really excited to I'm currently working on like the stuff that's gonna be released this month. So Oops. I'm you know look look out for that one because <laughs> it's gonna be good um and then yeah like looking forward to seeing how i can you know grow that and mm. i think part of it was also you know working in comms and marketing i 
um, wanted to test out a skill set I don't necessarily get to use in my job every day. So mm. thinking about operations, thinking about, you know, strategy and like growing a startup, mm. um, which I don't necessarily get exposure to in my yeah. day to day. Quick one before we wrap up. Um, have you got any advice for people who are in foreign land trying to do their own business? In, like people who are trying to grow like who, a side hustle? Yeah, but who are doing it abroad? <sighs> um, use your network. Like that's advice for anything. Um, because I feel like if it wasn't like if you see my like WhatsApp and the <laughs> amount of conversations I have with my friends where I'm less like, what do you think about this? Da, 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 da. And like being someone who I wake up at like 5 a.m. every day because I am like attuned to like London time mm, for some mad, strange reason. Mad, but, mm. but like <laughs> I still have like um I'll go to sleep like having an idea and I'll message my friends and when they wake up they're like oh you know what this slogan's dead or like this doesn't work or like you should think about this etc or like oh my friend like did this so like Ogo's a person yeah, like, who put uh, us in touch so like yeah. things like that where it's just like use your network to like really help you ideate and think mm. but also your friends are like your biggest like advocates um, and they will post like your stuff they yeah. will connect you to other people and they will buy your stuff as yeah, well so just making discounts, sure discounts but they will <laughs> <laughs> even without discounts playing, you know I'm like playing, it, it's been like I've loved seeing how my business has grown from like the random stranger to like people who are like immediately like they like it so yeah like it, so yeah which it, is great yeah which is great cool where, where, where can we find you um, so Seasons Instagram is S Z N D Clothing. So Seasoned Clothing. Highly recommend. I've got an item. Yeah. Shall be getting more. Um, so and for oh any boy. other. It's <laughs> <laughs> I have ask her, bro. He has. I've got a little, yeah. little hat still. My order's coming as well. <laughs> of course, of course. So yeah, like that's the best place to kind of like reach out and stay plugged in. Um, yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, anything coming up? Uh, any products coming out? Yes. Spring collection. No, winter oh, collection right. is coming. Oh, it's still winter. Yeah, it's still what, winter. What, what Valentine collection. But when does when does spring start? Is um, it not fair? Like Are you on April, drugs, May. fam? April, bro. Does it feel? Yeah, like is it April? Say so. Yeah. Oh, I think it's December. Anyway, cool. No, like it's autumn, winter from um. Kind of when did you think it was? When did you think it was? I thought like November, December, January mm-hmm. is winter. And then obviously you got February, What's March. February, but allow it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where can we find you, sir? <laughs> Follow me. Oh, sorry. Do you finish? Yes. Oh, okay. Cool. Follow me personally, Sam underscore Luco on everything. Follow the podcast at My City Podcast on everything. YouTube, Soundcast, Stay Spotify. plugged. Stay Wicked. plugged because there's iTunes. many great things coming. Follow Ire at. And follow me on Instagram at Ire.ae, which is spelled I R E dot A E. Follow me on Twitter, which is uh, Ire Liwa, which is spelled I R A Y L I W A. I will change that in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> you, you read my mind, I will change that in 2020. Um, hey. uh, live show coming soon. Live show coming soon. Um, and a few other workshops are coming soon, but we'll uh, give you more info, info on that closer to the dates. Um, Charity, really appreciate you coming. Right, thank on. you so much. Thank Charity. you for having appreciate me. It. Hopefully, this one doesn't get deleted. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> happy, new year, happy new year, guys. Love, Cheers. love. Fantastic.